Hallelujah. Ah, bros, relax now. Be coming down. Be coming down. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Okay, I don't think I should stand here. Because, uh, no. You know, some, some things are not inclusive. They are not thinking of everybody. Yes. And we have to practice inclusiveness. Uh, uh, like when I'm standing on the stage, I can really feel it. Like the Lord is my helper. He has set me upon high places. Uh, but now that I'm here, I don't think I should. Uh, like uh, somebody knocked on the door of the hotel, I think the day before yesterday. So I, was, I, was, I had to stand on my toes to look at the people. I'm like, this hotel are not inclusive at all. They are not thinking of everybody. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Oh, but the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. Come on, let's say it together. For the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. Let's say it again. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Let's say it again. For the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. Let's say it again and think about what you're saying. For the Lord is good and his mercies endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, um, we all know, everybody here knows that Dangote is rich. Abi? In fact, rich is an understatement. We all know that uh, Bill Gates is rich. Billionaires, we know that um, Elon Musk is rich. A little unhinged in my opinion sometimes, but rich. We all know that. Amen. You see, but the knowledge of their richness doesn't really benefit you directly. Hallelujah. And we know that God is good. And his mercies endure forever. But you see, that is not what benefits us. Just knowing that God is good and his mercies endure forever. You see, what is of importance? The crux of the matter. Why it is something worth celebrating. And something worth dancing about and shouting about and rejoicing about. It's not just that God is good. But that God is good to you. Do you understand? Dangote is rich now. But is he rich to you? Hey, so it's not just that God is good. That is not what you know should make us celebrate and dance and rejoice and give us confidence. But the knowledge that God is good to you. Come on, say it. God is good, and God is good to me. Again, God is good, and God is good to me. You know, and when we say God is good, we're not saying it in the superlative. We're not saying God is good, there's something better and then best. God is good. There is nothing better. Glory to God. Glory to God, church. Come on, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's lift our hands and give him thanks. Thank him for life. Thank him for breath. Thank him for all things. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Because you are mindful. You are mindful of us. You love
above us. Even the angels ask, who art man that thou art mindful of him? You redeem him. Hallelujah. You are, it's a perfectly legitimate question. Because there is no redemption plan for angels. So you know, the devil is a fallen angel. But when he fell, God did not put in place a redemption plan for him. And so, so it is with that thought that the angels ask, Who art man that thou art mindful of him? That you redeem him. He disobeyed you. He went against your command. You told him not to do it. And he did it. But still, you redeemed him. You know, and the unspoken part of it is that, but you didn't redeem that one. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, God is good to us. God is good to us. Let's have our seats. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Someone has already warned me that I should remember I'm preaching. I'm not coordinating. So, amen. So, I'm wearing the preaching hat. You're welcome, everyone. Good morning. Tell your neighbor good morning. Hallelujah. Pastor Joe, you're welcome. Good morning, sir. I consider Pastor Joe the ultimate gentleman. That's just me. Amen. I feel like when you look, when you look up the gentleman in dictionary, you know, Pastor Joe's face should just be there. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Revo. Revo. Thank you, sir. I'm just greeting you specially. I'm just greeting you specially. Put your hands together for everyone. Everyone. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Although, to be honest, when I saw the letter informing me that I was going to minister, I already was kind of aware. You know, the Holy Ghost used to do amiable. So, I was already kind of aware of that. Thank you so much, sir. I am honored. I am honored. Pastor Nogwa, I am honored. Thank you so much. The general, thank you, sir. That message on the first day was just something else. There are no words to describe it. And Madam General, nobody else is allowed to call her that. Only me. Mind yourself. No, we have settled this. It is our name for each other. Well done, ma. And Reverend Joshua Tende. You're welcome, sir. You are very, very welcome. When he came alone, I confess that I told him to go back. Go and bring her. We are not seeing you. We cannot see you until we see her. Hallelujah. But um, we're vessels of mercy. We're vessels of mercy. So we're having mercy. So we'll accept you anyway. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. You're welcome, sir. And Pastor Ophi. Thank you. Thank you. Leadership yesterday was just amazing. Thank you. You know, when Mosi is, is, you know, listening and he's nodding his head and agreeing, you know that it was, it was something. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you so much. Amen. And to everyone else all across the room, you're all welcome. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So having done the formalities, it has taken me exactly eight minutes and something seconds so we can, uh, we can proceed now. Amen. I know some people are waiting. Hallelujah. Eh? Those of you that are waiting, 
you know yourselves. Eh? Hallelujah. The only thing that is missing is a big billboard at the back with the time on it. I'm surprised you will just left this small one for me. <laughs> just... <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord is my helper. I say it boldly. I shall not fear what any man shall do unto me. The Lord is my helper. Amen. Glory to God. But um, this camp meeting has been phenomenal for me. I don't know. Has it been phenomenal for you? It's like six months. I was like, okay. I mean, six months ago, I was like, okay. Camp meeting is in December. Okay, six months. So we have time. And then next thing we know, camp meeting is next week. Amen. The times just flew by, but thank God we are here. Amen. And it's Friday. It's almost over, but uh, it's getting better. Amen. And I have just been experiencing one encounter after another. Amen. You know, so I think a few days ago, I read through that list of the things that we were trusting God for. Hallelujah. So how many of you have experienced encounters? How many of you have experienced, um, let me see. Maybe I should pull up that list again. Okay. If you have it, you can put it up. If not, I'll quickly. So we have uh, number one, encounters. Who has had encounters throughout camp meeting? Mighty, mighty supply. I noticed that we have upgraded the app. You know, it used to be mighty supply before. Now it is mighty, mighty supply. Hallelujah. Open portals. Glory to God. Revelation of secrets in dark places. Amen. I want you to know that I considered, uh, Mira, your testimony was a revelation of secrets in dark places. Amen. You know, and then when other people kept on saying, like, ah, okay, okay, she has done this to me, she has done that to me. That's for me, that was a revelation of secrets in dark places. And let me tell you the truth. You know we're in the house of God, and children of God should not be telling lies. Uh-huh. Let me tell you the truth. When all that was happening, what was going through my mind was that, uh-huh. These people are giving other people the impression that I'm a kind person. <laughs> Amen. Uh-huh. And that is not exactly true. <laughs> Amen. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm wicked, though. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm like, hey, this one looking at me as one kind person, and I would not exactly describe myself as kind. Hallelujah. However, <laughs> please, somebody should give Pastor Mosi water. He wants to, I don't know what he's coughing about. Yeah, people should give him. Ushers, please. You're neglecting your pastor here. Come on, dear. Okay. But please, before I continue, please help me appreciate Reverend Mosi. Amen. 
you know, you can, you know, you can take some things for granted. You know, when you, you can take someone's care, someone's regard, someone's unflinching support for granted. And I don't. I don't. Why now? Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to refuse to be moved by what people are doing. Glory to God. I'm focusing. My heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. Amen. I'm not going to look to the winds and the waves. At all, at all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, so uh, where was I? <laughs> How helpful for you of you, Muriel, to shout that one out very loud. <laughs> yes, and um, the truth of the matter is that I love God. Amen. I love God. And I made a decision long ago. You know some things eh, that are happening in your life. And you are being tossed to and fro. Maybe it is because you have not made a decision. Amen. I made a decision long ago. For instance, I made a decision long ago concerning healing. That nothing, look, no bodily condition will stop me from doing whatever I want to do. Amen. So I have entered a plane and flown to Lagos when I was so sick I could not see road. I mean, Reverend, remember? Reverend had to pray for me to be able to even get on the plane. But you see, I made that decision long ago that sickness will never stop me from doing whatever I want to do. Hallelujah. I have made the decision that I will never, I will not do something because I don't have money. As in, I decided that that will not be an excuse for me. Just as recently as um, Virtuous Ladies Convention, um, ladies, Virtuous Ladies Convention, had a wonderful time. <laughs> now, when... I was preparing to come for that. I decided, you know, that ah, since I'm going to be getting a car, I might as well just fill the car now. There's no point only me just entering into the car and just becoming. Let's fill the car. Amen. And so I got over enthusiastic about filling the car. And then all of a sudden, we had two cars. But okay, I had budgeted, okay, I knew how much it would cost to come and go. Hallelujah. I mean, I was the one dragging them along with me. So, okay. I, I was going to pay their transport and everything. So very soon, we had two cars to, um, to pay for. And I thought I had that covered because I knew how much it cost until the Abuja Kajuna Road got blocked. And some people were on that road for like two days. And we had to go through Kachia. And then the cost for the two cars went from 50000 to 100000 Literally overnight. Amen. My first thought was like, eh, hey, busybody. Who sent you? Eh? She means you have just carried yourself and be going, JJ. But I told myself, I said, no. 
if I don't want them to come along again, it's a different thing. If I change my mind and say, okay, you know what? I'd rather go alone. It's a different thing. But my reason for canceling this, my arrangement, will not be because I don't have money. I will not accept that as an excuse from myself. Amen. Amen. And look, there are some things. Thank you, sir. There are some things that you need to settle. You need to settle it. And look, you need to settle it before the pressure comes. Look, it's really, really hard to build your house in the rain. Jesus didn't say it is impossible, but he said it is hard. He said, those that hear my words and do them, I liken them to the one that builds his house on the rock. But those that hear my words and don't do them, I liken him to the one who built his house on the sand. And then the next verse says, and when? Not if. When? Somebody said here that um, the grace life is not, a, is, is not a life that promises that nothing bad is going to happen. No pressure is going to come. Everything will just be, you know, you know hunky-dory, just excellent. Oh, but you need to decide. Amen. You know, so we mentioned, someone mentioned the C word. You see, you need to decide now that you are healed. Completely. No matter what. Cancer, tuberculosis, cystic fibrosis, whatever it is. You need to decide now. Not when the doctor finds a tumor. That's not when you should have decided. Hallelujah. You need to decide now that your needs are met. It doesn't matter what is your bank account. It doesn't matter you know, what your checking account is saying, what your landlord is saying, you must decide it now. Amen. You know, and I dare say a lot of the the turmoil some of you are facing is because you did not make that decision until the trouble came and landed on your lap. Amen. Hallelujah. So, I decided... Healing will not stop. Uh, sickness will never stop me. I meditate on my healing scriptures. You know, I listen to messages. I confess God's word. But when I want to do something, I don't ask my body. I don't ask my body. I don't care what it is saying. I don't care. Hallelujah. You know, um, for a while now, for a while now, God has been taking me through this personal faith clinic, faith journey. Hallelujah. And a question he asked me was, what would you do? How would you act? What would you say if everything you saw in the Bible was true? What would you do? How would you act? If everything God told you were true, what would you do? How would you act? If all of Rev's prophecies were true, 
You took it as in, how would that alter your behavior and your speech? Amen. So when I was facing that, you know, the jacking up of the transport price thing, you know, my first instinct was, uh, hey, God, who sent me? Maybe I should call them. But I said, no, 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 no. And I now sat down and asked myself, what does God's word say? God's word. And look, God's word always, always, always has something to say. So I asked myself, what does God's word say? And scriptures, I just began rolling the scriptures in my mind. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. I know the grace of God. You know that word know there is, means to be intimately acquainted with. So I told myself, I am intimately acquainted with the grace of God. That though he was rich, for my sake he became poor. I just rolled that scripture. Oh, that through his poverty I might be made rich. I might be abundantly supplied. And I said, no, I am abundantly supplied. So I picked up the phone and I called the driver. I said, oh yeah, we're going. She said, hey, the money like that. I said, yes, we're going. And look, I'm not going to go into the details, but by the time I was at our pool party, look, I had everything. I had all the money I needed. I won't have changed them. Glory to God. You know, and in the same guys, you see, I made a decision long ago, long ago, that because I love God, whatever he tells me to do, I will do it. Amen. Have I always liked what he told me to do? Nope. In fact... Let me confess. Day before yesterday, after church, you know, people were like, ah, oh, can you remember you did this to me too? You did this to me too. And one person reminded me of one that I would rather not remember. Because giving out that thing pained me. Eh? Oh, I can't explain to you how it pained me. Days afterwards, I would still imagine myself with that thing. I'm like, hey, Tupe, wow. You would have been shining with this thing. Hallelujah. And that thing was really, ex- really expensive. Really, it was designer something. What? <laughs> Rub it in, eh? Rub it in very well. <laughs> it pained me, eh? Because I already imagined how I would arrange myself, all the outfits I would wear with that thing. You know, and I come to church one day and I just had this witness to just give this thing to this person. Look, oh, I have found out that there are some times that you don't need to go and pray about something. That I'm going to pray about is I'm going to, is I'm going to talk myself out of it. I did not say, hey, let me check very well to be sure that... Uh, it is, uh-uh. I found out that, look, just be prompt. Help yourself. So immediately, we were going, we were leaving church together, I and this person. We were even going to do some small yard work together, but I said, you know what? 
It's not later. It's not when we are parting ways. It is now. Emptied my things, gave it to that person, and for days after, he pained me. And it took a while, you know, for the for the pain to go. And eventually went until they reminded me of it again. And I was like, I'd rather not remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, eh? If you're going to live the grace life, if you're going to trust in God's grace, you are going to be different. Amen. Just settle that. You're going to be different. But not because you are trying to be different. Not because it is your aim. Not because you wake up in the morning and say, okay, let me see how I will be different today. Like our governor, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that our governor just wakes up, our very controversial governor, I'm convinced that he wakes up in the morning and just says, hmm, what can I do today that I will make people angry and talk about me? I'm convinced that that is his policy. Because there is no rhyme, Abby, no, Bishop, you testified, there is no rhyme or rhythm to his behavior. Today he can wake up and just announce something that will favor the Christians. Tomorrow, he will wake up and have something that will favor the Muslims. Another day, he will do something that will favor the houses. Another day, he will do something that will favor... As in, there is no, it's not as if his Akka is being partial and okay, he's always... Mm-mm. There is no rhyme or rhythm to his madness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, Malam, forgive me. But, um, you know you used to do that kind of thing. <laughs> okay, where was I? Yes, if you're going to live a life of grace. Remember now that the Bible already tells us that it is by faith that you enter into grace. So we're talking about the grace life. We're really talking about the faith life. But if you're going to live a life of grace, you're going to be different. But not because you wake up in the morning and determine to be different. But you see, if you are following God, you will be different. If you're obeying God, if you're following God, you are going to be different. I think it's Hebrews, Hebrews 12 that reads, seeing that we are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside the sin and the weights that so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I love that scripture so much. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You see, that scripture implies something. That your book, the story is writing about you. It implies that it's an original book. There is no other story. He has written your own. So you are going to be different. If you are living the grace life. You know, one of the encounters that I had during camp meeting was, um, okay, let's open to Romans.
Amen. Bravo. I tried that thing. I really, really, really tried. You know, that's why when we spoke now, I tried. I really did what I am. <laughs> not going that way today. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Romans. Um, Romans 5. Um, now, um, I noticed, without even being told, I've noticed that um, we all seem to be in love with uh, TPT here. But uh, my newest fascination is with the message translation. Amen. So I've even decided that I'm going to read the entire Bible in the message translation. Okay, so let me, just, let me just read from the message. So Romans 5, 1. So by entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, set us right with him, make us fit for him, we have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. Amen. Oh, and that phrase stuck with me. Out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory. Amen. You know, and I imagined myself in this open fields. Amen. With plenty of room to dance around. Hallelujah. Plenty of space to walk around. Hallelujah. Plenty of room. And I'm testing, testing the limits of God's grace. The limits. You know, it's we that will explore. We explore. You say wide open spaces. We explore, we test the limits of God's grace because there are none. Now, um, I have never flown first class. Amen. Never flown first class, but um, I'm sure some of you have. But let's assume that I and Dr. Nugwa were going on a girl's holiday. Yes, to Dubai and Cyprus and um, Seychelles and Hawaii. Yes, okay. And the both, you know, it's a it's a good dream. It's, it's a good it's a good one. Yes, uh-huh. and uh, without the husbands. Yes, very good dream. But <laughs> no, yeah, no. But the husband's money can come along. <laughs> yes, the husband's money. Is more than welcome. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> no, but we'll part alike now, Reverend. You know the Bible says that they that go to war and know that stay behind, we'll part alike. So they, you stay with the baggage, we'll part alike. Amen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we both buy first class tickets. And um, we're taking off from Abuja here. 
And maybe the first leg of our flight is to Hawaii. Amen. I don't know how many hours that would be. Assuming there was a direct flight to Hawaii, which I don't know if there is. Uh-huh. But assuming there was a direct flight, and let's assume it takes 13 hours. And we take our seats. We fasten our seat belts. And the sign comes on, okay, and the pilot, he gives us his welcome, blah, 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 blah. And then the plane takes off. We're in first class. I know first class is it's a good place. Amen. You know, the way God is good, that is how first class is good. <laughs> and the plane takes off. Now, we're both sitting in first class. And I just wait for the fasten your seatbelt signal, lights to go off, and then I extend my seat, cover myself with my blanket, and nod off. For the entire flight. And even put up a sign, don't disturb. It's my money now. Nobody can tell me what to do. Uh-uh. I did not borrow money from anybody. From the husband, doesn't count as borrowing. It's, it's their own is our own when it's convenient for us. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let's just leave it at that, Rev. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> and Dr. Nugwa, first of all, puts on the in flight entertainment. Then she orders, okay, she calls one of the crew, cabin crew. Call, you know, they hand her the drinks menu. You know, she orders. Exotic drink after exotic drink. Amen. I mean, after his first class, the bathrooms are probably very good. So, uh-huh. <laughs> And then, after that, she collects the appetizer men- uh, menu and goes through the list and just picks out the choicest of the items there. And then she goes to the main courses menu and just picks out maybe even the most complicated meal to make there. And then she goes, you know, just takes advantage of that first class fair. Amen. And um, I don't know how she'll go through all the menu and be able to stand by the time the plane lands. <laughs> well, let us assume that she takes full advantage of that first class um, ticket. I'm still sleeping, remember me? I'm there, sleeping. I had a long day, the day before. I was very busy. Kai, the children were just disturbing me. I just need to rest. I just need to rest. I'm still sleeping. So, when it's time for us to land, of course, um, the lights go on, fasten your seatbelt. I have to wake up and fasten my seatbelt. And the plane lands. And, of course, we disembark. You see, we both bought first-class tickets. The fact that she ate what's all that she could eat took full advantage of the entire possibilities available for a first-class traveler. Does not mean that her ticket was more expensive than my own. It's the same ticket we bought on. It's the same ticket we bought. So who decided what first class meant? 
Was it the airline? What, who defines the first class experience? You see, it's we. My ticket was not cheaper than hers. I just did not take advantage of my first class status. Hallelujah. Look, there is nobody that Jesus shed more blood for than you. There is nobody that God loves more than you. There is nobody. You know, we like to say it. I'm God's favorite child. God does not have favorite children. There is nobody God loves more than you. You know, we, a popular man of God that is, I mean, he has a very popular prayer ministry and he does just like from nowhere, I think. Well, I just heard about him from nowhere. Maybe he had really been around for a while. But I just heard about him from nowhere. And look, his followership is just staggering. Early morning prayers, you're seeing like 2 million views and just amazing. You know, and he just recently went, I had a prayer meeting in, I think it was Atlanta or somewhere. And look, if you see the crowds, if you see the crowds, how they avoided a stampede. I don't know. And all I was thinking, look, my compassion went out. And all I was thinking is that here are, let's say it's two million people there. And all I'm thinking is that there are two million people here who really, really think that God hears this man more than them. Hallelujah. They really, they really, really believe. Pastor Joe, can you, can you imagine that? They really, really believe that God will answer him before them. That's sad. Very sad. Oh, but God doesn't have favorite children. When the scripture says, that if he did not withhold his son, his only son, how will he not with him give you all things? It was talking to you. Enough with this inferiority complex. Enough with sin consciousness. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you have done. You know, Teaching Bible school eh, is very challenging. Not the teaching. It is the hot, hot questions that the students like asking. Hot, hot questions. Amen. And I remember I finished teaching Born Again. And we're talking about the new creation. And how if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. All things have been made new. No, I can understand why some people will fight, you know, the grace message. Because some things, when you read this, they just seem too good to be true. They just, they just seem, really, this just, it can't be. And so we finished, we're finished talking about, you know, the new creation. And somebody asked me, that, okay, 
all things have been made new? I said, yes. He said, for everybody? I said, yes. He said, eh And when he, when he said that, eh he balanced himself. I knew. He said, okay. So you are telling me that if Hitler, amen. Okay, who doesn't know who Hitler is? Who doesn't know? Okay, just for the sake of those of you that are shy, okay? Hitler was um, Chancellor of Germany during the Second World War. Amen. And he dragged every continent in the world into a massive, massive war. That war consumed billions in 1940. Amen. And not just that. He decided that the Aryan race, that is the German race, was the most superior race. And every other race, that every yama yama, amen, every bad thing happening in the world was because of the impurities of all these other races. And he took it upon himself that it was his responsibility to cleanse the earth of all the impure races. The worst, the best that he would do is that he would keep some of them as slaves. You may never have heard of him, but let me tell you now, you should be thanking God he did not succeed. Because his grand plan for Africa was that we're going to turn Africa into one huge field, farm. We'll just be farming and supplying them food. The great Aryan master race. In fact, don't that fire him, even in hellfire. You should be firing him. Apart from the fire in hell, extra thunder should be firing him. And he sat down, designed a mass extermination program where they go and gather people, transport them in trains to specially built facilities where they will strip them, put them into chambers, tell them, tell the people that we are going to disinfect you before we put you to work. But it's a lie, oh. They were now going to put poison gas and kill all of them. And then they now built huge chambers, gas ovens. Amen. So as they are exterminating the people, they are putting them in the gas chambers. And it was reported that one of those, now he had these special facilities all over Europe. And it was reported that just one could incinerate a hundred thousand bodies a day. Think of the ingenuity of evil. As he sat down, designed it. He found able followers and assistants. Yes. In fact, when the Liberation Army came into those camps, they didn't let anybody touch anything until the photographers came and took pictures because they said that the world will not believe it if they just tell them. It was so horrible. Then human beings came out, skeletons. They were starving them. They kept them for work, but they did not do them any favors. The closest estimates of the people that died in those extermination camps, minus the ones that died in the war front, the closest estimate is 12 million. 
And people still think that is an under calculation. So, this young man now asked me, so you are saying that if Hitler, assuming he was still alive, was to get born again now, so you are telling me that with all that he has done, God will forgive him. And look, oh, sometimes the magnitude of the sin might seem to be so big that Kai, the blood of Jesus is not enough. Oh, but people, the blood of Jesus is enough. It's enough. So I thought about it, even to me, because I mean, I, I love history. So I understood the magnitude of what he was asking. I thought about it. But I said, look, if this scripture applies to one person, then this scripture must apply to every person. If it is true for one person, then it must apply for every person. And even me, I was not happy. (laughs) When I told him that, yes, after all he has done, if he were to today say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for all I've done. Forgive me. I accept your sacrificial work on the cross. I want to become your child. I believe it in my heart. And I confess it with my mouth that you are Lord. He will be saved. Unfortunately. (laughs) But thank God it is God that designed this thing. And not men. Oh, maybe men have decided that what you have done... Kai, no, 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 no. You can never succeed. Maybe men have decided that you won't amount to anything. Maybe you, your background, where you, are, you come from is just... You know, we heard that story yesterday of an Ajagunle boy that is heading a medical facility in New York. Oh, let God's word be true. Let God's word be true. Amen. The wide open spaces of God's grace. I think the, the better question we should be asking ourselves is not what has God done or what is God doing. I think a better question to me is what won't he do? What won't he do? Um, now Exodus 14 14 I know that scripture because I had a young girl neighbor that, that was her favorite memory scripture so she would come in the morning and greet me and say auntie Exodus 14 14 and the Lord your God will fight for you and you shall hold your peace that is why I know that scripture amen but do you know I had always wondered in my mind that now if you remember that Exodus account amen I know you will all read your Bibles here, so, um, but let me just go through it anyway, just in case. You know, so um, the children of Israel had left Egypt, you know, they had stripped and spoiled Egypt. God had, you know, unleashed this last mighty plague of judgment upon Egypt and their firstborns had been wiped out. Amen. And then they now went to... And now God commanded them, to the, the Israelites, to go to their Egyptian neighbors and to 
collect things. Now, that in itself is a miracle. Amen. Because I don't think the Jews at that time were the favorite people of anybody. Your God has just finished. Yeah. That in itself was a miracle. And then so, with indignation and anger, Pharaoh had driven the entire Israelites out of Egypt. Amen. And the Bible tells us that after they had left, they got angry. They got angry as in, why did I let them go? Why didn't I just kill them? As in, ah, what kind of, what was I thinking? And so the Egyptian army pursued them. Now, I've always asked myself something. Because the Bible tells us that the children of Israel got to the Red Sea, okay? And then the Egyptian army were after them. So I always wondered, somehow, somehow, that, okay, eventually God parts the Red Sea and they pass through. And at least we know from um, accounts that Israel, the children of Israel were at least, at least two million people, maybe more. So I always wondered, so how did two million people pass through the Red Sea, men, women, and children? Maybe the men were jogging. Maybe. But what about the women? And then there must have been small children. So it must not have been a very fast move. They must have been, you know, those, yes, I always wondered, how didn't the Egyptian army catch them? Amen. You know, as I was reading that, now the Bible tells us that a, a pillar of fire had been leading them. Amen. A pillar, fire by night, a cloud by day had been leading them. Then when the children of Israel cried out and said, ah, see Egypt's coming, oh, they want to kill us, so God commanded Moses to tell them to move forward. And what does he do? That pillar that had been leading them now goes to their back and blocks the Egyptian army and stays there until they cross. Now, that is not fair. What kind of thing is that? Amen. Oh, what won't God do? What won't he do? What won't he do? Amen. What won't he do? The wide, open spaces of God's grace. Hallelujah. What won't he do? What won't he do? Glory to God. Manna from heaven. What won't he do? Oh, the power of God is such an advantage. The miracle working power of God. What won't he do? Hallelujah. What won't he do? You know, sometimes we magnify the physical discomforts above what he has done, what he's still doing. Hallelujah. You know, this Greek woman in the 
um, in the ministry of Jesus. She comes to Jesus and she's crying after him because her daughter is possessed. And the Bible tells us that Jesus did not even answer her. And she must have been making such a fuss that the disciples had to say, Jesus, I beg, please answer this woman so that um, she will uh, allow us to have peace. And so he answers her and says, "Ah, Madam, I am not sent but to the lost house of Israel. It is not proper to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. Amen. She could have been offended. Amen. She could have... Eh. I'm a dog. Amen. Oh, but I believe that not only had she heard that he works miracles, I believe that she had also heard that he's merciful. I believe that she had also heard that he was compassionate. Because she, 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 she could not have been ignorant of the fact that Jews and Gentiles, they don't mix. So what would make her cross that racial, tribal barrier? She must have heard that he was inclusive. Amen. And she says, yes. Yes. I'm a dog. Oh, yeah. Where are my crumbs? I be sure the dog is entitled to the crumbs. So, yeah, give me the crumbs. And I like what Jesus answered her in the message translations. It says, okay, I can't really remember the whole thing. Amen. It's Matthew 15. Matthew 15. I remember part of it, but not the end. There's a phrase I love. Okay, so. Okay, yes, 28. Jesus gave in. Imagine that. Jesus gave in. Oh, woman, your faith is something else. What you want is what you get. Oh, who defined the quality? Who defined the quality of the first class tickets? What you want is what you get. Hallelujah. He told her, what you want is what you get. Amen. Oh, the wide open spaces of God's grace. Hallelujah. Bible says right then, her daughter became well. Amen. What you want is what you get. Oh, the grace of God. The grace of God. The grace of God. The grace of God. The unmerited favor of God. Hallelujah. Now, the, like I said, and like other speakers have said, Living the grace life does not 
mean that troubles won't come. Challenges won't come. Hallelujah. But it's the wide open spaces of God's grace. Amen. We have the power of God. We have the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. We have the leadings of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit. Prayer. You see, the deck. The deck is stacked in your favor. Amen. God has stacked the deck in your favor. That's why um, Peter can say, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You resist steadfast in the faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, what do we do? I'm looking at my time. What do we do in this wide open spaces of God's grace? Amen. And the Bible tells us. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover that at the same moment that he has already thrown open his doors to us, we find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. See, that's what we do in these wide open spaces. We're standing tall and shouting our praise. Hallelujah. We're standing tall and shouting our praise. Now it continues. There's more to come. Tell your neighbor, there's more to come. We continue. Tell your neighbor, we continue. Oh, tell someone, we continue to shout our praise. Even when we're hemmed in with troubles. Even so, it's not just when God has done something and there's a testimony, you shout your praise. Even when you are hemmed in with troubles, you shout your praise. Amen. That means the praise, the way you praise when you have got somebody, you heard, you know, a ping and you checked and you found an alert. The way you praise then. Is the way you praise when you get it, an SMS from your landlord telling you that if you don't bring this rent by Monday, you and your family should pack out. We continue to praise. Church, we continue to praise. That's what we do in these wide open spaces. Because we know that it's wide open space, but it's not empty space. It is full of the power of God. It is full of the glory of God. 
Oh, it is full of healing, full of prosperity. Oh, it is full of deliverance. Hallelujah. It is full of deliverance for your children. It is full of promotions. Oh, it is full of the leading of the Spirit. No God just telling you things and giving you that advantage. Oh, it is full. Hallelujah. You know, the king, one of the kings in the Old Testament was so upset that they would make a plan. And somehow Israel would find out. And then they would alter their plan. And then Israel would find out. And he went to his people and said, please tell me now. I believe that he did not say it like this. I believe torture was involved. To find out who, no, it couldn't have been now. It couldn't have been. I beg now, you people now. Please tell me now. Please tell me now. It couldn't have been that. So the Bible just puts it PG-13. Mm-hmm. But it couldn't have been like that. They must have tortured them and finally said, no, 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 it is the prophet that when you make a plan, God reveals it to him. Hallelujah. Oh, God's grace. Hallelujah. He's full of the leading of the spirit, giving you the advantage, giving you the answer, revealing secrets for you. Hallelujah. Giving you the knowledge of witty inventions. It is full. There was this wide open spaces. It's full. Hallelujah. Oh, and so we continue to sing our praise even when we are hemmed in, even when we are crushed, even when things are not turning out the way we want it. We continue to sing praise. Oh, we continue. Hallelujah. See, when I get to heaven, one of the people I want to meet, I am in awe of Job. I can't tell you how much I am in awe of him. The Bible tells us that things were happening in the background. God, between God and the devil. Job was not the wiser. Hallelujah. So he is just there. Offering a sacrifice. Doing what he knows to do. And you see, Job was not in the Mosaic Covenant. In fact, we're not even really sure. He had his own separate thing with God. He was not uh, from the Abrahamic line. He was not was not a Jew. So we don't have enough information, in my opinion, to make some of the judgments that we make about Job. And the reason why this happened to him is because of this. The reason why this happened to him is because of that. We don't really know enough. For instance, we know from what happened that the covenant he had with God was not a covenant that protected his children. But our covenant protects our children. Hallelujah. We know that it was a life-preserving covenant for him because even when the devil came and said, eh, it is because, it is because you, you, you bless him. God said, okay, do what you want, but don't touch his life. So we know that that covenant protected, at least, at the very least, he had life insurance policy. Amen. Amen. So we don't really know enough to make some of the judgments that we make. But think of this. Think of this. Think about this. This man is there. They come and tell him that, ah, his uh, staff. Tell him that, ah. A band of uh, Moabites came and stole all your sheep. And he's like, eh, okay, okay. Then while that one, you know, we, we confess one blessing overtaking another. In his own case, it was one calamity overtaking right on the heels of another. While he's still processing that, another group come and say, ah, the, maybe Edomites came and they raided all your camels because this man was a rich man. He was a rich man, probably one of the richest men in the East. And they come, ah, another group, a band of uh, whatever, bandits, 
we understand bandits now. <laughs> Came and raided his uh, camels. He said, oh, okay, okay, okay. And while he's still processing that, we now come and say, your children were all feasting in their brother's house. And then suddenly, the roof collapsed. Boko Haram, thank you. Comes. And the roof collapses. They set an, what they call it, EID or something? I provide IED, yes. They set an IED and the building blew up and all of them lost. Now, think about it. Think about this. We know what was really going on. We know it was the devil because we had all this information. But you see, he doesn't know. The reason why we know this, the reason why we can say, eh, eh, it was not God, it was not God, it was the devil, is because the Bible tells us so. It gives us this background. But when it was happening, Job did not know what was happening. He just knew that all of a sudden, literally, hell broke loose over him. Amen. So you can imagine. News about his financial losses. News comes about his investment losses. News comes about maybe his staff. Maybe some of the staff were killed. Comes. And then, that's not happy news. And then they now bring him news that all, not some, not one. You know, in those days, they used to have plenty of children. So that, because not all of them will survive. You know, there was disease, there was pestilence, all those things. You know, these days, you are safe even with two. Amen. But well, even then, our covenant protects our children. Now, not one is lost. Not two is lost. Not some. Not most of them. Oh. Now, I believe. You see, eh? These scriptures were written for us. And we need to understand why. Why the Holy Spirit saw fit to give us, share this story with us. Amen. It's not to argue. But whether, is it God? Is it not God? I don't think so. But think about it. This man does not know what is happening. Like you, he doesn't have all the information. I mean, we see in part, just like him. But he now gets this news that his children are gone. And the first thing he does is he tears his clothes. He pours ashes on his head. And the Bible says he worships God and says, The Lord gives. The Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You must understand the import of that. At that time, he did not, he did not know that it was not God. He thought it was God afflicting him. He really thought it was God. We know it wasn't. But he did not know. But what does he do to this God that he thinks is afflicting him? He bows down and worships and worships. Now you, you know it is not God. But you cannot worship. <laughs> you know. You, you know it is the devil. You know. You know it's the devil. You know it's not God. And you are hemmed in. And you are offended. Eh? Eh? Hmm. 
That, that environment, he's not, he's, he must be a fake prophet. That word he gave me did not come to pass. Uh, see, if, if, it, if it was true, uh, I would not be experiencing this one. I love this one. Uh, hmm, that mighty supply. Which mighty supply? Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, yeah, mighty supply. I better go away, Jare. Look, I'm in awe of Job. I'm in awe. Hallelujah. So we continue to praise church. We continue to worship. Oh, we continue to say in the midst of contrary circumstances, we continue to say the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. I can't tell you how many times that phrase has sustained me. Nothing was working. My body was telling me that, look, you are not going to make it this time. But I said it. I opened my mouth and I said it to the sickness. And I said it to the lack. And I said it to the contrary circumstances. I may not know everything. But I know that the Lord is good. And his mercies endure forever. Oh, church, you may not understand. You may not know everything. We are in this place where we have to make decisions with limited information. Oh, but you know. We know, church. Oh, we know the grace of God. We know God is good. We know God is gracious. We know God is merciful. We know that his mercies are new every morning. We know that nothing separates us from his love. Hallelujah. We know. We know. And so we continue to praise. We continue to worship. We continue to surrender. We don't say, eh, 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 God, you don't give me the card I wanted. And you're not telling me that you go and preach the gospel. No, we continue to worship him. We continue to obey. We continue to live a life of obedience to him. Hallelujah. Oh, we continue in grace, church. We continue in grace. We continue. We continue dancing. Hallelujah. When they, when they bring out the list and your name is not there, we continue to praise. Hallelujah. Oh, we continue. We continue. Oh, even when you go to the doctor and the doctor says, look, this your womb cannot produce anything. We continue. Oh, because we're in the wide open spaces, God, of his grace. Oh, the power of God is available in this wide open space. Anything can happen. Hallelujah. Oh, anything can happen. Oh, when we, they take us from Potiphar's house to the prison, we continue to praise. We continue to praise. Because we know that, look, that God, eh, that God, did, he followed us into the prison, oh, and he will follow us all the way to Pharaoh's palace. We continue. Oh, church, we continue. We continue to say it. Early in the morning, we lift up our voice and say it. Late at night, we proclaim his goodness. We're not the ones that complain. We're not the ones that say, God is not working. We're not the ones that say, eh, eh, giving does not pay off. What is the point? We're not the ones that say, sowing our seeds is rubbish. Oh, we're not the ones. Don't let people deceive you, oh, church. Don't let people that have less understanding than you do deceive you. Hallelujah. Oh, we know. We know. We know the grace of God, church. We are intimately acquainted with it. We know the grace of God. That though he was rich, for our sakes he became poor. And we through his poverty, we are made rich. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we know. We know the God that raises the dead. You see, Abraham knew this God. He gave him glory. The Bible says he gave glory to this God that quickened the dead. 
Because that's what he needed. He needed the quickening of the dead. His body was dead. Pharaoh's womb was dead. He said, I serve a God that can quicken the dead. So the Bible says he gives him glory. He gave him glory. Oh, maybe there are dead things that need to come to life. We are in the wide open spaces of God's grace. Hallelujah. Oh, and in these wide open spaces, there is the resurrection of the dead. There are blind eyes popping open, ears opening. Hallelujah. In these wide open spaces, anything, church, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Hallelujah. Oh, you need the wisdom of God for a circumstance. You're in the wide open spaces. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit the revealer of secrets. Hallelujah. That is his job inside you. To tell you of things to come. To reveal things to come. Look, there are people in this world eh, that they are living in one closed box. They deny the existence of God. It's a closed box. But look, you have access. You have access to the supernatural. You have access to the power of God. You have access to the glory of God. You're in the wide open spaces of God's grace. Glory to God. Come on, give him praise. Come on, church, give him praise. Oh, we continue to praise. We continue to worship. We continue to proclaim his goodness and his mercy and his faithfulness. We continue, church. Come on, say, I continue. I continue to praise. I continue to praise. I continue to worship him. Hallelujah. Glory. Come on, let's shout it one more time. The Lord 